All right, back, back again uh, for another Crooked Butterfly podcast, and I uh, this this week went this week was uh, had a turn of events, kind of uh, like a couple of them all all at once. I I think there's a message or something in that, but um, originally had been thinking a lot like, hey, I'm ready to dig into this conversation of toxic masculinity or. Or the other conversation of um, suffering and why I just refuse to use that word. But um, I got a, I got a, a message from uh, an Instagram message, a DM from a guy named Stu and um, Jim underscore Stu seventy nine actually, and he just you know he gave me gave me like uh, cool cool feedback just hey keep up the good work and whatever whatever it just it made me feel really good just the way the way he said it and it it's like uh wind in your sail you know to keep keep going and he had just finished listening to um episode 7 and and I responded of course and then he comes back to me and asks me uh what type of a leader was I and Hey, you don't have to take, you know, don't you don't have to take time if you don't have it to answer this or that. And I just was like, wow, man, what type of a leader was I? What type of a leader am I now today? Um, what type of a leader did I think I was? Uh, it's just such a deep question. I mean, I, I probably could just answer it real quick, but it would do a great disservice. So I wanted to think about that. And um, yeah, I spent the last few days. And then now, what's interesting is he sent me that the day after I had lunch with a Marine I had served with when I was a director of division schools, uh, Will Grimes, and he drove up from Denver. I was finishing up some VA appointments. You know, I had a a TBI test, and my dermatology appointment didn't didn't really go the way I was hoping it would. Not not the result I was looking forward to hearing, but. Um, and then uh, CT scan, got that done too. But um, it's just like, hey, I'm going to have lunch with this guy. Of course I am. And he drives all the way up from Denver to have lunch with me. And uh, it just was, he's so successful right now, and he looks so good. And just reconnecting with, with a Marine that I had served with very briefly, you know, and um, for only and only for a couple months, a long time ago back at division school, so that would have been almost a dozen years ago, 10, 10 years ago maybe, yeah, maybe not quite that long, maybe like eight years ago, maybe it's 10, I can't even remember, um, that's probably why I'm getting my testing, but um, anyways, and, and it was just an awesome launch, see how well he's doing, and he just couldn't have been more gracious, and I mean, he's, he's super aggressive, he's confident, he's got such a command of presence and a demeanor, and he's doing great things. And he's not doing anything super significant or profound, yet it is so profound because everybody else is focused on doing sexy stuff. And he's just like, hey, man, they're just missing the basic stuff, you know? We talked to leadership for a while, and he just he's just like, man, you were a great leader, and you did this, and you did that, and when you did this, and you did that. And, and it, it was interesting for him to reflect on who I was as a leader in his eyes. And I'm listening to him say this stuff, and I'm just like, man, I didn't didn't realize I had that impact. I think some of these things were different or better or worse, or I was looking at it from a different perspective. And 
So it's like these things are all kind of popping up this week. So I wanted to take a couple of days and think about it, how to how to answer it without babbling, but but kind of give it full service. And I mean, I think I think I was a leader. Yeah, you have the whole the whole question is: natural born leaders or are they developed? Right? Like, I mean, that's an age old question. Burns talks about natural born leaders and all this other stuff back in the, the early days of studying leadership. Um, I mean, just high school, just even on the playground as kids, right? Certain kids had different characteristics, traits, social behaviors that lended others to want to be around. And we didn't really associate that with leadership at the time, or at least we didn't in our own skins. Maybe, maybe the adults were, um, but I, I don't know. I, I I think I had a propensity for being social, um, easygoing. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that was a long time ago. But and then through the years, you get through high school and baseball team and this and that and whatever. Like you're the you're the you're the freshman on the baseball team, and uh, like you're you're not really a leader, right? Like I mean, you got all the upperclassmen, and you just kind of do your time. And then as you do your time, you're picking up habits and traits, hopefully from some of the stronger individuals on that team, and you start to emulate them, whether you're consciously aware that you're emulating them or not. And we had phenomenal baseball coaches. You know, I just keep thinking of uh, Coach Smalls and um, Nicholas and, you know, Jack Flowers was the athletic director, and, and they really wanted students, you know, student-athletes to to do leadership and we weren't even aware of it you know and looking back how they emulated these things of caring and patience and consideration and all these things but anyway so I go to boot camp and there you're just I mean are you a leader I mean you're just doing yes or no sir and I think type of leader I was at boot camp it was just hey do your shit man just be good be quick be on time be fresh, be snappy, be sharp, don't make the same mistake twice, be all in. And I, I think that's it up at a foundational level of leadership right there. And um, of course, you over, over boot camp the time, you rise and you become guide and squad leader and scribe or whatever, whatever, and perform different perfunctory leadership positions inside of that, that architecture there that was established for boot camp. But... Um, Really, what leadership for me there was just doing the best that you possibly could and then helping others and then like actively helping others, but also you're helping others by modeling the way. You know, I don't like to set the example, set the example. I'm just tired of that. I came across modeling the way back when we were getting our master's degree at uh, UMD and I really, really liked that. But, um, you know, and then as I grew through the Marine Corps, I, I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that leadership, the type of leader I was, is just constantly evolving, evolving in response to the challenges that you were to face, well, the environments that you were in, um, the information that you were receiving, the the good and the bad leaders that you were being presented, so that you could like draw from one and draw from the other and say, hey, I'm not going to do these and I'm going to do those. And a lot of this not being such a very 
clinical process. It was just sort of, just sort of happened. And just being aware that aware of leadership, it just kind of like the ingredients in the stew. So I don't know if this is even a good analogy. It's like, hey, when you when you're making a stew and you put the the bay leaf in there, and then you put the cardamom in there and all these other ingredients, you don't have to sit there and poke your finger at the stew and keep touching the bay leaf and say, hey, bay leaf, you need to do this because this is your job and da 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 and all that. It, it just sits in that stew and it simmers. And then over time, those ingredients interact with each other and it, and it blends in a way that you could never really direct. And I think that's sort of how I grew, you know, early, early on in the enlisted days, it was... Um, leadership traits and principles it was ba- it was basic trait theory um there was a lot of it was transactional type leadership and we tended to focus on the authoritative styles right rank structure and hierarchy and command and that's the way it was um and that was cool and then as as you start to to mature and you grow a little older and wiser and you're also experience different situations and exposed to different leaders and leadership patterns. You just mature. You, you get increased responsibility. Um, you start to realize like, okay, Hey, there's, there's different ways to go about doing the same thing. In fact, I got 40 people around in this audience. Like being this way is going to, get half of them to respond and the other half aren't and so it's like what tools or how could I act and behave to get the other half to respond and and you start to get into um, more like leadership themes back into more into the principles and and then the traits trait theory getting into like principles you know ethics were, were big and you start to look at like the persuasive leadership style you start to look at transformational leadership um and and it's a slider it's a continuum and you have to be able to go left and right on that continuum to to be able to perform as required in whatever situation um yeah i mean i don't well but i'm still chasing the question right i'm just throwing a whole bunch of leadership stuff at at everybody or at myself and that's all good again it's just back to it's an evolving process you don't ever feel like i have to study leadership and i have to get it it's it's you 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 experience it and it absorbs into you and if it can resonate with your personality i mean i mean everybody's heard of the gallup strength finders you could take those tests and you can see what what um what strengths you have a greater propensity towards than others and you want to lead with your strengths right um, you shouldn't not lead with some of your, uh, I don't want to say weaknesses, but um, this, this, your strengths that are lower on the list. Like you should actively engage trying to lead with those because that's going to make you a little bit more robust. But, you know, we've got the Myers-Briggs where you take your, your personality type or your, whether you're introvert, extrovert, whatever, whatever. And I mean, that helps. Um, the Enneagram, there's so many things out there that you can, Hey, what kind of a leader are you? Oh, I'm a this and a this and I'm a that and I'm a that. And then, then on this spectrum, I'm a this kind of leader. And I'd like to go back and say, yeah, yeah, I was all of those better and worse at different times. Um, started out very 
elementary and started to grow and evolve, here's here's one thing that uh, you get into your groove, right? Like you get you get kind of set in your ways when you're in a certain situation. You just you you default to that style because it's working, and that's cool. And you get strong there. And what was really cool, neat about the Marine Corps was like hey, every three years or so, you're moving to a new duty station or a new billet, a new occupation inside of your your specialty. And um, those that had increased requirements for different styles, and then you would be like the new guy for a little bit. You like, like Joe Lowman on the totem pole, and you have to kind of absorb and get back into the mix and learn a few things and then you start to get set in your ways there and you start to use that and as you move through your career as we move through our lives we have different um chapters where different leadership styles and things were more advantageous to use than others you know and as we move through we're able to to shift in and shift out of those better i mean being a father has has i don't want to say forced it's excited me to to try to lead in different ways than than I'd imagined in the Marine Corps. And I joke, you know, I wrote an article for Spartan, and, and it was about parenting as the ultimate leadership uh, uh, test or challenge or or whatever. And, and I, that parenting is, it is leadership. I mean, that is raw leadership. And I looked at the men, like, as a, as a, fa- as a family, you know, and that's that's kind of how I led when I think I was at my best. You know, uh, just trying to be your best. Caring, trying to care more about others than they care about themselves. Like, genuinely. And you can't tell people that you're doing that. They just feel it. They just get a sense you can't fake that. You know? Um, or you can try to, but people see through it. I loved to do things. I was hands-on. I would try not to ask somebody to do something that I didn't want to do or wouldn't want to do or couldn't do. I'd, and, and if I had to, because I understood that as you move through, there's, there's better skilled people. They, they, they just sort of like if eight out of ten times you you're doing it and you're not asking them to do it like the the ninth and the tenth time that you are you've got the credibility of the one through eight um gets harder and harder to do as you move through and you you elevate in a, in a rank structure so to speak but you're you're building upon your credibility that you've had from when you were in their shoes um i tried to be tolerant tolerant of people making mistakes yet firm firm and fair but also tolerant. Um, I knew when when I was a, a squad leader sergeant that I, I I like yearned for responsibility and to to have an opportunity for my lieutenant to just let me be in charge of my squad or to hey have an opportunity to drive and make a mistake or do this or do that during training. And so I tried to do that for my squad leaders when I was a lieutenant. I knew when I was a lieutenant that it just was always. Like, hey, I wanna, I wanna spread my wings a little bit. I wanna learn. I wanna be taught. But like, I wanna have these opportunities to do things and be a lieutenant and take charge of stuff and be able to lead my men and make calls and decisions and go into harm's way and not always be held back and be challenged. Um, but also to know that I had 
somebody looking over my shoulder to just sort of poke me left or poke me right in case I was straying too far one way or the other. And I tried to give that when when I was a captain, company commander. I tried to give that in turn to my lieutenants and staff NCOs, that which I would have wanted instead of this, this sort of zero defect mentality. Well, it's my fitness report. I'm going to have my fingers and everything and take charge of everything and we're not going to make any mistakes. And if we do, it'll be my fault. But when we win, it's going to be all my credit. And that sucks. That sucks. Those officers sucked. Um, I just, yeah, who was I as a leader, man? All along the way, it was just about everything you did was to demonstrate credibility, to be the best you could, to care and love others uh not to take not to take things too serious and i mean okay hey you're in the marine corps and we're doing serious shit but like yeah hey like you don't always have to be super serious like you don't have to have a broomstick up your ass everywhere you go and everything you do like just let your hair down a little bit and relax and be a human being you know and 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 just temper that i i mean that's where i failed a lot i uh I would default more on the the lax side, the lazy kind. Of, as I as I got a little bit further in my career, you know, I would just be a little bit more nasty. I suppose you would say the men loved it. Uh, it was easier, uh, frustrating probably for my peers at times, and I, I know it was frowned upon by a lot of superiors for sure. And you know, I, that's I struggled at that at times. Um, you know, you can be a leader and you can be a, a, the best leader you possibly can. And a handful of people are going to love you. And a handful of people are going to think like, yeah, well, okay. And a handful of people are going to be like, yeah, hey, that dude's not for me. And that's just, that's fine. You know, if you're, if you're doing your best, at least they can't like say, hey, well, at least that dude, they, they can't point their finger at you and say, hey, he doesn't care or he's not trying. I mean, they don't have to like you or approve of your style, but they can't ever go back and say, well, he doesn't care about me. He's not trying, you know, they can't, they can't ever say that. They can, they can, the only thing they can say is, yeah, it's just, I, I wish he would do this or do that. That'd be more my style. Um, I don't know. What kind of leader was I? Well, I mean, knowing what I know now, looking back, uh, the, relationship model of of leadership it wasn't really presented to it until I was at UMD and uh, just relationship model building relationships that's I think that's what makes me tick building relationships and that's kind of how I led just really genuinely getting to know somebody making a connection and and work and operating from the common ground that you were both in this to win it. And while somebody might do something that you didn't like or somebody would do something different than you would have, you just if you just said, Hey, like, we're both in this thing to win it like that that kind of is a nice nice framework to start from. And then our then our conversation at lunch we were talking you know, and then somebody else asked me about combat leadership. Everybody, everybody wants you to come in and speak about combat leadership, right? Hey, you know, will you talk about combat? Like combat leadership? It's just another functional leadership. It's just leadership in a combat setting. I mean, there's. I'll tell you that leadership in combat is a 
way easier than leadership in, in other environments. I mean, you're in combat. Leading's easy. Don't be a coward. Um, you've already put the time in to train. And so you know your job. You've got competence. And you're proficient. Like, all you're doing is doing your job. Right? Combat is do your job, man. And leading in combat's really easy because you've got a captive audience. I mean, nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to, you know, do bad. Nobody wants to not come home. Nobody wants to be the one that comes home and responsible for the dude next to you not coming home. Um, leadership in combat's easy. Uh, just do your job. Do your duty. That's it. You got a captive audience. You know, everything that you did prior to combat, that's the hard part because you don't have that that crushing weight on your shoulders of of conflict, of war, of battle, of adversity, of an enemy's will. You don't those are the dogs. You don't have that on your shoulders. Um I gotta I'm just gonna pause real quick and stop them from doing what they're doing. Could be something exciting outside. Just wait one second. Um so we're back and I don't know how that's gonna play out but it's kind of cool sorry about that the realities of yeah we got some mountain lions running around we got dogs running around it's crazy up here but anyways i was talking about leadership combat um it's easy it's easy don't be a coward everybody else wants to win it's just do your job it's leading up it's when you don't have that that weight on you that causes you to perform when you have choice to not train hard when you have choice to eat a donut when you have a choice to sleep in when you have a choice to not go the extra mile all these other distractions going on uh your life and and you know whatnot that's where leadership is hard that's where it gets really hard and everybody likes to shoot for the extreme situation. And I, I just don't even think you can be a good leader if you can't lead yourself. So I think it starts even before. I talked about this on another podcast. But um, yeah, leading starts even before leading. I mean, even even in my example of uh, that I opened sort of with, it's like, just be a good person, man. Just don't suck at life. Like, just care about others. Do Do the best that you can at things. Be sensitive to others. You know? Be... Be responsible and responsive to other people's needs and feelings and success. Care about other people. Try hard. Work hard. I mean, those aren't those aren't sexy things, I guess. So that nobody wants to talk about those as being part of leadership. But that's it. Hey, when I talk to somebody this way, if I'm attentive and I don't get the response that I want, well, my style is not working. Maybe I need to try a different approach. That's leadership, man. And you don't. You don't get it by, I'm going off on a tangent, but you don't get it by just just reading a book or just going to a seminar. You you get it by practicing it, by practicing it and being, being invested in what you're doing while you're doing it, you know? But um, what kind of a leader was I, man? I don't know. I was, I was decent at times. I could have been better. Could have been, I could have done a whole lot worse. Um, I tried real hard. Cared about the men a ton. Held myself to really, really high standards. 
um, made some mistakes, knew that if I had to make mistakes, other people would make mistakes. So give them the courtesy that which I would like to have, knowing that I made a mistake. Um, Relationship-based, man, I, I really started to grow in my latter years into relationship style of leadership. Um, who, what kind of a leader do I want to be? What kind of leader am I now? I don't even, I mean, I'm always leading. I'm always leading. Leading by sharing my thoughts, um, maintaining a sense of humility, being receptive to learning, giving others an opportunity. Here's one thing I want to, a quick, quick side sidebar. Here's, here's leading. Leading is when, when you're in the middle of doing something, you don't always have to be the one with your hands on, with the answers, with, with the one that has to grab the, 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 this or the, that to do the, the, like, don't have to always be the one to grab the crowbar to change the tire. You don't always have to be the one to rush to do this or grab this to solve that. Sometimes it like being a leader is just not doing anything, sitting back and recognizing like, Hey, I could give you a tremendous gift right now. Let you do that. I mean, let, let this other person answer the question. I know the answer. I don't have to be the first one to jump in and be the end all. And I don't have to chime in over the top of your answer. I can just let it be, you know, I can say, Hey, you know, I don't have to answer this one because this person's got it. That's leadership too. Um, maybe that's a whole different podcast, but, um, being okay, stepping back and allowing, allowing others to, to drive, you know, to do, it's not, that's not, not having initiative. In fact, it's the opposite. It's, it's a standing back is having this, this awareness. I can give this person a tremendous gift by letting them take charge right here. That'll be great. That's what they want to do. I could step in right now and stop that and let this other person, because this, this one person's always taking charge. And what he needs to do is just chill out once so that somebody else can contribute. I know that he can contribute just as well. And I think about that for myself, too. I don't have anything to prove. I don't have anything to prove to anybody, you know? In fact, like, if somebody else is answering a question and I already think I know the answer, I'm just going to listen to what they're saying. It's an opportunity for me to, to validate whether that person knows what the hell they're talking about, to correct them if they don't, or to see something answered from a different perspective so that I can broaden the way that I would answer it the next time or, or best, best case, I learned something. Go figure, right? I mean, come on. And that mentality right there is, is a big part of who I'm trying to become today. You know, I'm trying to become more patient, more tolerant, I'm trying to be a little bit less intense in favor of allowing situations to sort of happen uh, comfortably for everybody. Um, Trying to be more forward thinking. So while an audience is thinking about steps one and two, I'm already thinking about steps three and four should one and two go A, B, or C directions. I try to think about third order and fourth order effects of things. I like to try to align resources or adjacent, you know, efforts to support whoever's doing what they're doing. I like to do all that behind the scenes. You know, if if Johnny's taking charge, I want to be kind of watching what he's doing and realizing that, oh, I'm just going to go out there and get the mop and wipe up that wet spot because I don't want him to slip and fall. I don't have to tell him I'm doing that. I'm just going to do that because I want I want him to continue to lead, you know. Oh, hey, he's going to need this and that. I'm going to go out there and try to resource that and just 
he's going to need it when he gets over here. So I'm going to go put it when he gets there. And then by the time he gets there, he might be thinking, oh, shit, I forgot that I needed this. Oh, wow. Oh, stroke of luck. Here it is right here. I'm just going to grab that. Nobody's going to know. And I don't have to tell anybody. You know, that's, that's kind of like what gets me excited today. Being that kind of a, a leader, a little bit behind the scenes, puppeteer, marionetteer, or whatever that is. It's kind of kind of a cool, cool place to be. Um, I don't even know if I answered anything. 28 and a half minutes, a little break for some dogs to bark. What kind of leader was I? One that was always trying. One that was always trying to learn, made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but um, just completely invested in in winning with others, you know. So hey, thanks too for for that. Uh, just reaching out a couple of days ago and giving me some encouragement to keep going and asking me this question because I mean I could probably keep going for another twenty minutes, but I'm not around in circles. So all right, man. Hey, next week though, I am going to I'm gonna get I'm gonna dig in. On, on one of these two toxic masculinity or, or suffering yep cool alright man hey thanks for listening I should be I think uh, we're getting ready to launch the um, Spartan Stand podcast I was asked by Spartan to um, to join the Spartan Up podcast series and um, some amazing professionals on, on tap you know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, even Saturdays, uh, and I have the Monday segment, so I'm recording a episode for every Monday morning. It's a little bit different than this, but it's it's more of a sit down and very very direct and throw it at you, just a snippet or something. They're all less than ten minutes. Most of them are like seven minutes, six minutes. I'm excited for that to get launched. We should see that here coming up pretty soon with um, Spartan races, Joe DeSena. I'm pretty excited for that. So, anyways, uh, I'll talk to you guys again next week, man. Have a good night.